The following is an encore broadcast. Cortland Computer Services presents the Baseball Lifer Podcast. Hi there, Don Wardlow here, baseball lifer in residence, with an encore broadcast of one of my favorite interviews that we did earlier on this baseball season. This interview that you're going to hear was done in March with AAA broadcaster Mike Caps. There'll be more about him during his segment, but he's been broadcasting for the AAA Round Rock Express the AAA Rangers team forever. So there'll be a lot of talk about that, talk about our days knowing each other in independent ball. So all that will come to you in just a few minutes. Talk this week has been who's getting traded, who's not getting traded. The White Sox traded Lucas Gilito and Ronaldo Lopez, two of their better pitchers, to the Angels who are in dire need. Well, everybody's in dire need of pitching help, but... By getting those pitchers, the Angels have made it perfectly clear that Shohei Otani is not going to be traded. They want to get themselves into the playoffs and see whether Otani can't put them on his shoulders and carry them to a run like the Phillies made last year. And as if to celebrate the fact that he won't be traded, Otani pitched a one-hitter in his last outing on Thursday July 27th, his first shutout of this baseball season. And then that was an impromptu doubleheader. In the second game of the doubleheader, he had two home runs before he was removed in the seventh inning of a game that the Angels had well in hand. They won both games of that doubleheader quite easily, 6 nothing and 8-2. to two. Another trade that isn't going to happen. The Cincinnati Reds are not going to trade their second baseman, Jonathan India. I talked about him when I was interviewing their broadcaster, John Sadak, and I said that as early as 21, when Jonathan India broke in as a rookie, I was joking that baseball was outsourcing its talent to India. So India is not going to be traded from the Reds. They might trade some people, but not him, not their former rookie of the year, and not any of the real heavy prospects that teams are asking for. There's a couple of guys who could be Cincinnati Reds either very late this year or in 2024, and those two names are pitchers Connor Phillips and third baseman Noel V. Marte. Both of them are now with the Louisville Bats. So with that said, we're going to take a break and have a word from our sponsor, And when we come back, it'll be AAA broadcaster Mike Caps on the Baseball Lifer podcast. I am having such a problem at work. This is the second time this month I have had two computers down and I can't get my computer company to come to the office and fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when the computers are not working properly. 
I need somebody that can come out, see what's wrong, and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They have been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an a rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860. Courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of computer services. Back on the Baseball Lifer podcast, this is Don Wardlow, and my guest I met in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and that was with the Sioux Falls Canaries. Since then, for 22 years, he's now been the broadcaster for the Round Rock Express. His name is Mike Caps. Mike, welcome. Don, it's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure getting to see you both at uh, at that uh, municipal stadium in St. Paul uh, when you were with the Saints and when I was with the Canaries and uh, just uh, meeting you on the t- telephone every now and again. You're a good man. You do a great job. You did with uh, I forget the name of the the announcer for the the Saints in those days, but you you did a great job doing color for him, and it was awesome. Jim Lucas was my Jim Lucas. There you go. And okay. thanks, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, oh, and, sure. And, I mean, and, and you did more than your bit. That one thunderstorm in Sioux Falls with the power <laughs> out in the stadium. Oh my! Jim having all he could do to get his wife down those rickety stairs. You assisted my wife getting down those rickety stairs. We did. We did indeed. What a sweetheart! How's she doing? And we we got back to a motel that had no power and that story is going to be in my book we're not going to go into that on the air okay good but as for her she's in florida and i'm in new jersey so that's just how things work out it is so the the book and you know most guys who come on my podcast if they got a book they lead with the book right in the direction of my chin and uh, you didn't do that i found the book and it's called Grinders, Baseball's Intrepid Infantry. I absolutely love the title. Now, people living in Connecticut, and to them, grinders are sub-sandwiches to us. But to you, and and I love the term grinders, for people who, like Steve Balboni, just to name one, some of the ones in your book, Jack McKeon, uh, Deacon Grover Jones, guys who went up and down on the roller coaster from... AAA to the majors may be lower, and they did it as players. They did it as managers, and you did a lot of work to write this book about these people. You know what? I did it basically in memory of my grandfather. He was an ultimate grinder. He was a pirate's prospect before World War One, and when the Battle of the Argonne Forest broke out, that's you do some research on that. That would be arguably the bloodiest battle Americans ever fought. And and he was switched from signal corps to artillery, calling artillery fire and lost hearing in an ear. Well, the pirates had told him to come back immediately to Pittsburgh when World War One was over because they wanted to make sure he was fine. Uh, his health was fine. His health was fine. His balance was gone. He was a third baseman who had a rocket arm and he simply couldn't play anymore. 
Uh, yet by the time I was six or seven years old, he was taking me out to you talk about rickety ballparks, rickety old Burnett Field across the Trinity River uh, from Dallas, uh, downtown Dallas. And we sat and watched and we were there in, when I was eight years old, when uh, uh, the Minneapolis Millers and the American Association, AAA then, playing the Dallas-Fort Worth Rangers, Kansas City A's, tell you how long ago that was, it was 1959. Right on. I was eight years old, and he, my grandfather, pointed at, at the left fielder. Everybody took, uh, everybody took infield and outfield every day in those days. They don't do that anymore, which is, I can sit here and wax on about that for hours. But he points, my grandfather points at this guy in the left fielder, a fellow named Yastrzemski. He said, "Watch this guy. He's going to be good." You think he ended up a Hall of Famer? You got it. Now his grandson is in the bigs, and I wonder in '59 how many Texans could even say Yastrzemski. Uh, I'll guarantee you zero. <laughs> I promise you. But um, the world learned how to say it boy, by the time Carl retired in '83. They did, and you know what? I looked at my grandfather's scorecard, and he had check marks, hmm. his pencil pencil check marks alongside six names from Minneapolis and I believe four from Dallas-Fort Worth. And I said, what are the check marks? He said, these are guys that are going to be going back and forth from the American Association AAA to the big leagues. You're going to see their names in the big league box scores off and on all summer. Uh, he said, you may not know who they are, but they are the engine that drives baseball's bus. And you know what they are? Because every, every major league team, Don, has a couple of stars maybe three. Everybody else is a grinder trying to stay in the big leagues or get better so they can, or just trying to survive. And that's what this book is about. I mean, Don, you are a grinder going through the life you've gone through. Uh, I've had to grind, especially in, in the days I was covering wars for CNN. Here's the, here's the whole point. If you're, if you are a single parent with kids and you're working two jobs to make ends meet. Well, buddy or sister, you are a grinder. Grinder, you know it. And you can make that case for a, a small business owner who's besieged by federal regulations. Or if you're if you're the guy in the company that uh, you work 40-hour weeks coming and going, no problem. But if they ask you uh, to work 60-hour weeks for a month and a half, you're going to sign up. Why? You're a grinder. And, and it, the world is full of them. And one of the things that I've tried to teach uh, my stepson and and uh, daughters is you got to grind to succeed. And you know what? All four of them are. One's a lawyer, one's a doctor, uh, one's an HR professional, and one is, is uh, a real estate broker. And they all know how to grind. And I'm teaching it to my grandchildren as well. And I, I, that's the whole lesson of this book. But the stories are just so intriguing. We have grinders from World Wars. We have, you You mentioned Deacon Jones uh, from upstate New York. He played in the Jim Crow South. And the story he tells about a shotgun to his throat when the team bus had stopped in Georgia uh, for, for to get sandwiches to carry on the road with them is is mind-bending and it's shameful when you think about the things that still exist in this country now racially that were really at their zenith during the Jim Crow South. So there's there's a lot of lessons to be learned. The stories I'm really proud of. Um, 
And there's this, and I'm gonna give you one more. A fellow named Lorenzo Bundy, a longtime minor league manager, was with the Rangers, was released, and caught on with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and he did it going to spring training on his own dollar. His own he he paid for his meals, paid for his hotel room, walked six miles round trip to spring training site in, in Florida every day, made a team. And he will be coaching, uh, will be managing in the minor leagues for his 39th season now. And he's one of the best-known managers in Mexican Winter League play. He's won a dozen championships down there. This is – what if he'd given up? I couldn't have told this tale. And it's, it is it is a riveting story how it came about. So it's been a blessing to do it. And my grandfather is the guy who – really set the stage talking about the engine that drives baseball's bus. And it's it, every person that has read it and comes back to me that they, they just shake their heads in disbelief. Where'd you come up with these things? Well, you know, you're in triple a ball or you're an independent ball. Like you and I were, you run into these guys and their stories are just absolutely fascinating. And, and it's, it, it is a tribute to their, uh, American heritage to the heritage the kids from the Dominican and Venezuela have and Puerto Rico that they simply refuse to quit. And it's it's fun to watch because, boy, when they're playing, it's just – it's uh, balls out all the time. That's the only way I can put it. It's a little bit raw maybe for your listeners, but that's the way it is. On the Baseball Lifer podcast with Mike Caps and – Mike, another baseball lifer and another grinder you are liable to know of old is Wayne Trewilliger, the guy I dedicated this show to when I began it, the ultimate baseball lifer. Foreign Ranger coach, yes, uh, Twig, uh, of course, was with the St. Paul Saints when you were there. And, uh, boy, he and I had several great conversations because he'd been back and forth between the Rangers and and independent ball. And, and you know, you <laughs> – you got that uniform on or you got that headset on. Um, it just becomes part of who you are, doesn't it? Mike, I just can't have you on an interview without talking at least some about your past before you ever came into baseball. While you were, I'm sure, a fan, but you, you made a living and you did it. To start with KPRC, the NBC channel, in Houston, Texas, and just two two uh, side questions to that. Did you ever know Dan Rather or Gordon McClendon? I did not know McClendon. I met Rather, and uh, we are friends. I, I he's in his nineties now, so I, I tend not to bother him. But he's he was uh, a humongous uh, influence. He went to Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, as and you I, did. And I did too. Channel Two KPRC was the first major market on to an all news radio station in St. Louis. Uh, Ten years off and on, split up by uh, a year in management at ABC News in St. Louis. Uh, the, the ABC bureau was there, and I was the deputy bureau chief and assignments manager. And then back down to WFAA and out to CNN for the final five years of my uh, news career. And I woke up in the middle of the night, Don, and I may have told you story, this story I may not have, but I, I was holding the bedpost and I busted my head wide open. Ouch. I got into therapy and it took a while. Um, 
stress issues take a while. They, they build up over time. And there's a million stories associated with all of that. But humans have no real way to cope with seeing somebody in person being blown apart. You just, you, you don't. And you see it time after time after time. Um, I tried it with alcohol and drugs, tried to remedy, uh, self-medicate, that that does not work. I'd lost my spirituality. I had to get all of that back and we went to work. And it's still a work in progress. Um, but it's, but it, but it was a key that helped me, uh, as I moved into, into professional baseball first with the Tyler Wildcatters in the old long gone Texas, Louisiana league, the next year in Nashville, the next year after that in Sioux Falls, that fall of 98, I was hired to be the broadcaster for the round rock express, then the double a affiliate of the Rangers. Now the triple a affiliate of the um, Texas Rangers. And it's just, it's, it's run by Nolan Ryan and his family. Uh, his son Reed created it. Uh, Reed was a former collegiate and professional pitcher. And it's, uh, this will be our 23rd season. And it's uh, a joy and a blessing to get to do it. It really is. And the fan base down here is tremendous. Um, they, when we opened in 2000, they had not had professional baseball here in 33 years. So they were hungry for it. They're still hungry for it. The area is growing. There's 6 million people between Georgetown, Texas, north, north of Austin, and San Antonio. It is one of the great areas of the country that people really love to move to. And we're glad to have them. But uh, it's it, it's more fun being me than I can imagine anybody else having. With my caps on the Baseball Lifer podcast, this is Don Wardlow. High school football is in Texas. It's something like very close to a religion. However, yeah. however, the Round Rock Express in 2000 in their league title game drew 11,000 on a high school Friday night. How in the world do you do that? Because uh, of what was created by the Ryan family and um, Jay Miller was the general manager. Now he's the general manager for Wichita and he was followed by a fellow named Dave Fendrick and then uh, Chris Almendares and Tim Jackson, who now run the place. Now it's always been a safe haven for people to come and just sit back and have a beer and relax and watch a ball. Uh, The initial thrust, the initial, uh, message to all the workers in the ballpark from from the ryan family was if you see people coming to the ballpark with a frown on their face you better make sure by the time they leave they have a smile on their face and let me tell you one story which pretty much uh is is indicative of the way the express treat their fans and they fans here become family okay uh, our our people that circulate through the stands before games, making sure everybody's fine and, and doing well. Well, this was a fireworks Friday night. It must have been the first or second year we were in business. And there's a there's a, on the concourse level, there are spaces for wheelchairs. And this lady uh, had a se- had season tickets for herself and her husband, who was a World War II vet. And, and fireworks Friday, it's always chaotic. The place is packed. They're swinging from the rafters. And after the fireworks, before she could get her husband 
in his wheelchair, turned around and headed out to the parking lot, she lost the keys to her car. Okay. And that resulted in major chaos. Three red shirts ran to her aid, finally found the keys. The parking lot by now had emptied except for uh, their big Cadillac that this couple had come to the ballpark in. They're wheeling him out and the red shirts see that he was a World War II veteran, had a, had some kind of a sticker on the back and had won a silver star. And they went on and on thanking him for that. And they get him in his car. He leaves. The next week, early the next week, maybe midweek, maybe the next Wednesday, management gets a letter from the lady. She said, what a wonderful night. Your red shirts were just awesome. My husband was beaming when he got back into the car after they'd rescued uh, rescued him from the chaos and rescued the keys and got us all back and got us home safe. The lady finishes by saying, he, had a, he went to sleep with a smile on his face. He died with a smile on his face that night. Now, imagine had that worked out any other way. The lady had, had our folks not treated them the way they did. Don, I'm proud of this place. I'm proud that we have the kind of folks that do that for people. All those stories don't, don't work out with somebody passing away. But wasn't it wonderful in this guy's last hours on earth, he got to experience a ball game, the Express One, a fireworks display beyond any anybody had seen up at that time. And he had a smile on his face as he left the ballpark. Does it get better than that? That is absolutely marvelous, Mike. What a story. Jim and I did something in the neighborhood of 1,500 broadcasts during our career with several different teams. In April of 2022, you chalked up number 3,000, all with the Round Rock Express. <laughs> well, you know, if you count the minor league teams, I'm probably closer to 4,000, but that's okay because the 3,000 really means something to me. And especially uh, being 72, going on 36, I'm going to stay a kid at heart. I, I can't help it as long as I'm doing ball, Don. And you, you know how good that is. You know how good it is coming to the park and putting the headsets on and, and get to do what you love. Well, oh yeah, um, it's it's uh, it it. First of all, it's a blessing from God to get to do it. Secondarily, I have the best baseball wife in the world. My wife Karen, uh, our son. Three daughters, seven grandchildren, five of them boys, three of them athletes. It's, it's it, it, everybody understands what Cappy does and how much he loves this and how much how invested he is in it. So it was a it was um, th they did it right. They had a they had my picture up on the LED board and they had. Uh, Nolan said something and several other people, several managers and players had things to say in between innings. And, and uh, they took me to the Lucchese boot uh, company here in Austin and had me fitted for uh, a pair of cowboy boots 
And the logo on the Round Rock hat is an interlocking red and white double R, okay? Well, my boots have interlocking red and white double R on the very front. And they're they're black ropers. And, and it's... Uh, <laughs> I haven't been a cowboy since I was a kid. And my, my late father, God rest his soul, was an Angus rancher in East Texas. And um, I knew getting my face kicked in by, by cows and bulls and uh, calves that I, that was not what I was going to do for the rest of my life. But I'll tell you what, these boots mean the world to me and because it says 3,000. Somebody asked me, um, the uh, announcer for Albuquerque, who was there that night it actually that after sunday afternoon he said are you going to go for four thousand how about five and i said whoa, whoa, whoa let's get to four first i mean i mean and 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 one of the things i've always said and as, as since since this three thousand came up um i'm not going to i'm going to know when it's time to go don i you, you know you i'm not going to make a fool out of myself with the headsets on and uh, so that said, I am gonna I am gonna go as long as I can go. Uh, health and uh, mental health, physical health, all staying the same. Um, if I can do this five six more years, it'll be a blessing. But but the caveat I have with the Ryan family is if Karen wants to travel, and she's tired, if she gets tired of it, she's been such a trooper through the years. Um, I'll go and we'll go back to Europe and keep going back to Europe. It's just what we do sometimes. And, and uh, I owe it to her, but I think that if you talk to her, took her aside and said, what do you think he's going to do? She's going to, she's going to tell you, I'm going to be stunned if he doesn't go for 5,000. And you know, when I listen to you, Mike, I think of Herb Corneal who announced for the twins wasn't he a great guy? Yeah. Absolutely. And the, the thing about it, the magic he had, and I hear it in your voice too, when you strap on the headphones, it sounds like 20 years drops away. If all I had was your voice, I'd say maybe you were in your 50s if I didn't know your story the way I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could say oh, that about Herb when he was broadcasting. Oh, for the there's Twins. no question. You know what was the every time we came over to play you guys. I guess we came two different times that year in '98. Uh, I'd call Herb and he said, uh, "What time's your game start? What time are you coming over?" And I said, "Well, I'll you know I'll be in about I'm going to leave Sioux Falls early, so I'll, I'll be in about 10, 11 a.m. Oh, I'll be there by one. Come to the ballpark and let's visit before you have to go out out to uh, St. Paul." And we always did, and it was just a wonderful visit. What a, what a guy! I mean, a guy's guy, not overbearing, calm, uh, collected until he got on the air, and it was a different guy. And boy, he made you see it. He made you see it. He made you feel like you were at the ballpark, and and, and the voice, uh, just was so full of happiness and joy. I, I, I know you heard him and I, I know you'd agree with this, but, it, but you know, if, if every person in this world had that kind of attitude, we'd be a whole lot better off. I'm going to drop one more name, although I've never met this man. I met uh, Carneal and John Gordon when I was in Minneapolis, but I'm going to say this guy was a grinder as a player but he's unbelievable as a broadcaster. He's a whole lot older than you, 
and his name is Bob Euchre. How about him, huh? He's at your 90 if he's a minute. He's close to it. And you but, know what? He's still <laughs> he's still got the pipes and he's still got the eyesight. And and that's my whole point. If I still have the pipes and the eyesight, I just want to keep going because it's just so much fun. And I get so much energy from the kids themselves. Uh, the managers and coaches are still a delight to be around. I, I did some fill-in work uh, on a little network that I'm a part owner of uh, down at the University of Texas at San Antonio. They were playing um, – they played a, a two games back-to-back days, and I drove down – twice back and forth between Austin and San Antonio to do these games. Well, the coach of that team, uh, UTSA, is a fellow named Pat Hallmark. And Pat and I have been friends since 2000, and we were talking about that Texas League championship game that drew 11,500. Pat played second base for Wichita in that game. And, uh, of course, I only ribbed him a little bit about us beating them in that series. Uh, but it's it's fun. This is the way this game works itself out. You remember Herb Carneal. I remember Herb Carneal. Uh, Pat Hallmark never made it to the big leagues, but he's one of the best coaches now in the NCAA. And if they can get a new ballpark, that program down at UTSA is going to be salty. There are a couple of scouts told me this past spring, the UTSA easily could have held its own and perhaps won that college world series. They're that good. And they played, they played very well. Uh, these, uh, the, well, I guess they did, I guess they did three games. Yeah. But, but the bottom line is they, they, they did very well and, and, and then they're good and they recruit and, you know, a good ballpark, big ballpark, they'll do even better. Mike caps on the baseball lifer podcast, Mike caps voice of the, Round Rock Express, that's the AAA Texas Rangers. You guys, you see guys who go from Round Rock to to Arlington and back again. You feel like saying, you know, maybe look in your crystal ball. Are we going to see the guy the Mets almost drafted, Kumar Rocker? Maybe some other AAA names you know that I don't. I don't know that Kumar is going to make our team. Uh, it, uh, he, he may be a triple a, um, uh, look, they've got a pretty good starting rotation without having to move some of these guys. And they've got some talented arms in the organization that need to grow up at the triple a level. Okay. I've, I've heard about Kumar. I've never seen him throw except on television. Uh, they have four or five or six really good arms, they're in good shape right now, unless they unless the injury bug just torches that rotation. I'm hoping that that Round Rock fans can benefit by seeing some of these guys, and they need innings, they need reps. the 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 tendency now, Don, is for organizations to sign these guys and rush them to the big leagues as quickly as they can, and they're not ready. And then they start bouncing back and forth. Then they lose confidence. And then they have to be broken down and start all over. This needs to stop. And the Rangers have the ability right now to let some of their kids grow up in Round Rock and Frisco. Frisco won the Texas League Championship last year. So we're going to get some kids from there. We should be pretty good, uh, especially given the veteran free agents they've signed. Major League organizations had stopped signing those free agents over the last four or five years, pretty much. But the Rangers have brought in a ton of them uh, as backup and and uh, 
and and help for the AAA team and the big league team. So we'll see how it goes. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to be watching Kumar Rocker and the two or three other guys, and we'll see where it goes from. But 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 they need reps. It's a long way. It's a long way from the NCAA to the big leagues. Very 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 few can make that adjustment without some significant reps in double-A AA or triple-A, I think. You and Joe Buck, so far in my mind, are unique for doing this. You broadcast, you wrote a book, and you read the audio version of it. <laughs> that just doesn't happen. <laughs> There's a story behind why that was read and, and how 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 I, I ended up reading it, okay? Go so for the, it. So the publisher, uh, a, a dandy guy, uh, who lives down in Wimberley, Texas, um, Lauren Steffi, a former uh, writer for the Texas Monthly, and that's a big publication down here, by the way, magazine, calls me up three days before the 2022 season starts, and he is overjoyed. Cappy, you're not going to believe this. We have a contract for books on tape. I go, great. Who's going to read it? He goes, you? I go, Lauren. Dude, that's a 10-hour read. I I, I got to be able to talk on opening. Oh, you can do it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in nine hours and 35 minutes in two separate uh, sittings, I recorded it. And I'm going to tell you, I showed up at the ballpark on our first day in 2022. I had throat spray. I had lozenges. If I'd have been able to sneak some whiskey in there, I'd have done that. I didn't do that, but but we got through it, and it is uh, it, it that is me reading the book, uh, like it or not. That's what you got to deal with if if you get the audio version. I'm quite proud of it though, Don. I, you know, for for what it was, I, I, if if I had it to do over again, I would hope I had two weeks to do it instead of three days. And get it done in two. I, I just I don't like to hurry a project like that simply because uh, I, I just I can I can hear some things in the audio version and I've heard it that that I really would have done differently. Uh, just little things that people may not hear, but to to my ear, uh, I wish I could somehow kick myself in the backside for just a couple of things, not too many. But but thank you for bringing that up because that was uh, I just. I love to read. I, I, I love to do commercials that way. And, and it's, it's, it was just a blessing to get to do it. It's a blessing to have been able to write this thing and a blessing to have been on your show, but I really appreciate you. I can't thank you enough. I just, I just have to say it. You know how they do these books at library of Congress and at, at audible.com. They do them in 30 minutes segments 30 break 30 break 30 break now you're gonna say now he tells me yeah good <laughs> i'm gonna go I'm, I'm in my wife's office on the second floor of our house and i'm gonna go right now and run my head into the bookshelf and see if i can see it or not oh my just, god Don. Just, just tell the guy who who put you up to it 
John. But yeah, I'm going to need him to do a second version of Grinder, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to keep my mouth shut at least for the time being until the next time I have a beer with him. Then I'll let him have it. If I find out about another broadcaster who read his book on Audible, I'll let you know. But so far, it's the two of you. This has been the Baseball Lifer podcast, and my thanks to Mike Caps for being my guest. I'm having such a problem at work. It's the second time this month. I've got two computers down, and I can't get my computer repair company to come to the office to fix them. I think they are too busy with other bigger companies to help us. You know, I was having the same problem until we met Cortland Computer Services in Middlesex, New Jersey. They respond to most of my calls the same day, either by accessing my computers remotely or by sending a technician to my office. Wow, that would be great. It is such a disruption when our computers are not working properly. I need someone who can see what's wrong and fix it. On our first meeting, they surveyed our network for security, identified some problem areas, and set us up with security software designed to prevent malware, ransomware, and all of the other threats that are on the internet these days. They've been helping central New Jersey businesses for 30 years, and they have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You should contact them either on the web at courtlandcomputerservices.com or by phone at 732-356-8860. 732-356-8860, courtlandcomputerservices.com. Tell them you heard about them on the Baseball Lifer podcast and get a $100 coupon toward your first two hours of services. Back on the Baseball Lifer podcast, following our encore presentation of our interview with Mike Caps, the author of the book Grinders, and the voice for the last 23 years for the Round Rock Express, the AAA Texas Rangers. During the last couple of weeks, the most recent broadcast has been our encore presentation of our Cooperstown broadcast. I put that out on July 14th as the first encore broadcast, forgetting that the next weekend, July 21st through 23rd, was going to be Hall of Fame weekend. So I didn't do a broadcast last week. So I left the Cooperstown podcast up for a second week before bringing you today's show. During the last Cooperstown weekend, Scott Rowland was inducted into the Hall of Fame. So was crime dog Fred McGriff. And the Ford C. Frick Award winner was the Cubs' long-time and current broadcaster, Pat Hughes. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time! And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series! The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout, jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over, and the celebration begins. Pat Hughes wasn't kidding. The longest drought. The Cubs hadn't won a World Series since 1908, since the year that Henry Ford started making cars. 12 years before radio, 18 years before Wrigley Field, 
15 years before Yankee Stadium, the year the Cubs won the World Series in 1908. So in 2016, Pat Hughes described the end of that drought. And now, seven years later, he's in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame. Next week on the Baseball Lifer podcast, we'll have another encore program. We'll bring you the voice of the El Paso Chihuahuas, the AAA ball club, Tim Haggerty. He was a guest of ours earlier in the year, and we'll have him on again as an encore presentation next week. Until then, this is Don Ward, though. This is the Baseball Lifer Podcast. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.